In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, both now and ever and unto the ages of all ages, Amen. The Gospel today is this parable that Jesus says about these vine dressers. And a master has a vine, a vineyard, and he leases it out to some vine dressers to take care of it for him. And come vintage time, he sends some servants and says, you know, send me some of the wine so that I can rejoice with you. And they beat the servants and they send them away. St. Cyril of Alexandria is explaining to us that uh, on, a, on sort of a cosmic level, we can understand this, you know, big picture level, we can understand this uh, parable that Jesus tells exactly the way that the, the chief priests and Pharisees at the time understood it. They understood it as an accusation against them, but it wasn't only an accusation against them, but against the larger body of the Jewish people at the time who thought that because they were the descendants of Abraham to whom God had made a covenant, he had made a covenant to Abraham and to Abraham's seed, that they were the chosen people of God, that they had some kind of favoritism, they had some kind of special position, they had come some kind of special place, they were distinct and everybody else was outcast. And this gospel is very relevant to us because uh, for many reasons which we'll get into. But St. Cyril of Alexandria is telling us that the, 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 end, the, the parable ends by Jesus saying, what will that master do? They sent, he sent his only begotten son to them and they killed him saying, maybe if we kill him, we will be the heirs of the vineyard. There was a legal precedent for that, but I won't get you, get, go into all of the history of that for the purposes of our time. And so he says, what will the master do? So the people are outraged who are hearing Jesus tell this parable. They say he will kill those vine dressers and lease it to other vine dressers. And Jesus says, yes, that's exactly what he'll do, right? And so here St. Cyril is telling us the people to whom had been given the covenant rejected the son and refused to give back to the owner of the vineyard what was his. Referring, he's referring to the Jews in Jesus' generation. So the gospel then went to the Gentiles, right? And the Gentiles accepted the gospel and bore, bore fruits, the fruits of the gospel. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Now, what's the problem that these vine dressers had? Like if you had to, if you had to put a label on these vine dressers, what before they rejected the servants that came to, to collect the wine, before they killed the son, I mean, how, how crazy is that? They killed the owner's son. That's like, that's like, that's insane. Something led them to this madness. The fathers, the desert fathers, when they write about this, they call this the madness of the demons. The demons start off by telling us, just try this. And then you tried it once, nothing terrible happened. Well, do it again. If you do it, what happens if you do it every second day? 
well, it's not no big deal, right? Well, what happens if, if you start doing it every day? No big deal with that either, right? And little by little, little by little, we find ourselves, you know, sinking, sinking into a new normal, right? Which is completely insane. What led them to the insanity of thinking that if they kill the son, who is the inheritor of the vineyard, that somehow the master would, would just like, would just sort of not do anything and when he dies out of his out of his absent-mindedness he would forget to name a new heir and so the squatters the people who are you know who are there but they don't own it but they're just there would then become the natural inheritors of it what possessed them to think that if somebody killed your child you would just do nothing about it and you would just forget about it and you would what 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 led them to that madness? There must have been some process that happened in the mind of these vine dressers before he sent his son, before he sent the second servant, before he sent the first servant. There must have been a seed idea in their mind. And when we read a little deeper into it, we see that they no longer saw that this vineyard belonged to a master. This vineyard belonged to them. And this sense of entitlement, this sense of, of, of is the root of all kinds of evils. For example, anger. Why do we get angry? Why do we have road rage? Why do I have road rage? Just forget about you. You all are saints. Why do I have road rage? Right? I'm driving merrily in my lane, listening to my music, doing my thing, and some dot 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 bleep 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 cuts me off in my lane whose lane my lane what the mto like just gifted me this lane you know they bequeathed me this lane this lane belongs to john butros they're reducing bloor street from like timbuktu the whole way to church to one lane so they can put bike lanes in now the only lane on bloor street belongs to john is it it's madness it's madness but like that guy just came into my lane my lane when did it become my lane we get angry when we feel entitled towards something and someone comes and interrupts the process the journey towards that entitlement you're, you're you you have plans for your day and you want to do this and that and you've all set it up and you've all organized it and and you know and you woke up and you were in a good mood and whatever and something comes and interrupts the schedule you and i get angry because it's my day is it my day i thought i remember having this conversation with my spiritual father and he says to you oh i didn't recognize that it was your day I said, well, what do you mean? He says, my pr previous spiritual father. He was very, very humble and very soft-spoken. He says, oh, it's your day. I said, yeah, it's my, it's my Saturday. It's my one day to just do whatever I want or do nothing or whatever. And he says, well, I didn't realize it was your day. I said, well, what do you mean, Abuna? He says, well, I thought you were a Christian. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian. What's... What? <laughs> What's the problem being a Christian and having a lazy Saturday or a great Saturday or whatever Saturday? And he says to me, well, I, think, I thought that you denied yourself 
like Jesus gave his life to you. And so when you became a disciple, you gave your life to God. The, your whole life. I said, yes. What's the problem? I'm not like, I wasn't planning on like, you know, having like, you know, like, like going strip joint jumping or something, you know, like I wasn't, I wasn't planning some, you know, debauchery or immorality. I just wanted to like sleep in or whatever. And then my parents asked me to mow the lawn or something and I got angry. So I'm confessing this. I can't remember what the context was, but it was something banal like that. It was something f meaningless like that, right? And he says to me, well, well, you gave your life to God, didn't you? I said, yes. Says, well, your life is made up of a number of years. May God give you good health and long life. Maybe, I don't know, 80 years, 100 years. Live to 120. You give that all to God. I said, yes. Says, well, a year is made up of 365 days. I said, yes. 66 on 366 on leap years. Yeah, it's all God's. All 365 of them. He can have them all. He gave me his life. The least I can do is give him mine in return. He says, oh, but it seems like you wanted to reclaim one of them. There was one Saturday that you kind of like fished back, you know, and you took it back. And when God decided to interrupt your grandiose plans for that day, with his plans, you got upset. Why? Because it's my day. It's my vineyard. It's my vineyard. Why do you want a bottle of wine? Go to hell. I don't want to give you a bottle of wine. It's my vineyard. I'm the one who wakes up early in the morning. I'm the one who prunes the leaves. I'm the one who this. I'm the one who that. It's my, it's my life. It's my this. It's my that. And if I can be very specific about a very specific context, then in the context of the church, this happens as well. It's my church. And sometimes, when things happen, contrary to the way I would have imagined them to happen in my church, although they be the will of God, I get upset. Because I've been here for a long time. Because I've been here since the start. Because I put a lot of time and effort in here. Because I, I, I donate my money to this church. Because, and so on. And we see that all the time. And the first perpetrator of that would be me. Right? But this sense of entitlement is the root of so many evils. It's the root of gluttony. It's the root of sexual lust. It's the root of all the, lust, all the different lusts of the flesh. All of them, you can put them all in one bag. They all come from a sense of entitlement. The anger can also be the source of untruth. But there are other reasons for untruth, root sources for untruth as well. For lying and dishonesty. The sense of entitlement, it's mine. We need all of us to learn. Now I want to take that and contrast it to St. Mary. The angel comes to St. Mary. St. Mary, <laughs> in my ignorance, there's no small children here, thank God. In my ignorance, we were watching a, a super book, my daughters and I like uh, uh like the, the the bible bible cartoons anyways so they watch all kinds of cartoons but we happen to be watching superbook that day and uh watch the angel coming to saint mary and uh it said that the angel in, in the in, in the in the in the cartoon they said the angel came to saint mary in her parents house so i just corrected it while they're watching it i said 
He actually came to her in St. Joseph's house. And when you get a little older, I took a while, a few years ago, I and a bunch of friends here from the church all went to the Holy Land and we saw St. Joseph's house where the angel came to St. Mary. And when you get a little older, we'll take you and we'll all go together. Right? And so Anna paused the cartoon. She said, what do you mean? I said, well, it's just a detail, but like St. Mary's parents died when she was really little. And then I found myself digging myself into a hole of like explaining like orphanhood and being abandoned as a child and all of this. And that's why I was like, there's no children here. Thank God. Right. Right. And I found myself, you know, she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, her parents died when she was like three. She's like, she's like, well, what happened to her? I'm like, well, then she went and lived in the temple. She's like, what do you mean? She lived. Well, who were her mommy and who was her daddy? I'm like, her daddy was God and her, her mommy was, was the church, was the temple, right? And we got into this whole conversation and it, it became, you know, so evident. Children have such clear vision. It became so evident to her that from the youngest age, St. Mary was dispossessed of all things. St. Mary had nothing and was nothing and was a nobody from as far back as she can remember. They say your earliest memories are from when you're about three and a half or four years old. I don't know if you look back at your earliest memories. So from her earliest memory, she was an orphan girl who was a nobody, the daughter of nobody, belonged to nobody, cared about by nobody, and all she had was God. And she praised him all through that. There's this, there's this apocryphal text. It's not really like, it's not scripture. Even large parts of it are contested to whether they're historically accurate or not. But anyways, this, this classical text called the Proto-Evangelion of James. It's attributed to St. James. We don't know if he wrote it or not. But anyways, where he writes all about the life of St. Mary before the birth of Jesus until up until about the birth of Jesus. Right? And anyways, this would have been, this would have been the, the, the Christian folklore, if you want, at the very least, uh, that, that first and second century Christians would have believed or thought or told stories about the life of St. Mary. That she was, she was this, this girl in the temple and that she was bright and shining. She was so holy and so humble and so loved by everybody in the temple. But none of that got to her head. And she was the one who was in the temple all day and all night. She was the one who cleaned the temple. She was the one who took care of the temple. She was the one who was there, but she never developed a sense of entitlement to anything. And the evidence of that we find in Scripture. When the angel comes to her and he says to her that she will be the mother of the Savior, her answer is, I am the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. From our ancient Pharaonic history, there's something really beautiful that we can learn from this. In the presence, I've mentioned this before in another sermon somewhere, in the presence of Pharaoh, it was considered treason to refer to anybody because Pharaoh they, was like God incarnate on earth in their minds he kind of occupied like the full field of vision. Like there should be nothing that should be even mentioned in the presence of Pharaoh other than Pharaoh. So if Pharaoh would say, where is my servant John? You wouldn't stand up and say, here I am. You would stand up and say, here is the servant of Pharaoh. 
Everything is in relation to Pharaoh. Nothing exists other than Pharaoh. Now this is like megalomania, obviously. Narcissism to the nth degree, obviously. But when it comes, when it comes to God, we find that St. Mary has the same attitude. Here is the maidservant of the, of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. God is asking each one of us to examine our hearts and to see if a sense of entitlement is still in there and to dispossess ourselves, to dispossess ourselves of that sense of entitlement. There's a big difference between something being entrusted to us and us being in possession of it or being the owners of it. Don't mark my, I'm not so good with words. I don't know what the right word of it is. But I'm just the FedEx delivery guy. If God has put something into my care, it's for me to care for it, not for me to own it, not for me to, not for me to, to take over it, to, to hold it with an open hand. It's for me to receive it as a good steward and to do with it exactly what God has given me to do with it just like St. Mary. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. I have sinned. Forgive me, my fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters. Please pray for me.